right. Welcome back to live stream live. We didn't go anywhere. We went away for a week. Okay. We weren't on. Yeah. I mean, we're not. We're not down here. We like... only exist. <laughs> Like, in this basement. I, I, just, I just want to clarify, we're not down here in the interim of the show, just seven days in the basement, no food, nothing, just here waiting to get back up there. Why, why did I have to do that? <laughs> so I guess we'll just go right into it. Yeah, stole that from you. Just did I, ripped away. Have I, done, have I said that without realizing? No, you just did it right now. You were like, well, we should go right into it. And then I said, well, okay. I'm going to steal it from you. I'm going to sure. take... Andy's thunder, it's gone. I wasn't sure if that was a catchphrase so ubiquitous I don't even realize. No, that. because <laughs> our our catchphrase for the show My catchphrases know. are just curse words. <laughs> I can't think of words. My my catchphrase for the show is the all serious <laughs> Great start. All serious breaks into laughter. <laughs> that's it. that's Andy's catchphrase is <sighs> <laughs> Because mine is the all serious very adult podcast. Viewers' discussion advised. That was like a live stream <laughs> live pause. That was it what was. That was. I used to do a pause in the beginning of our show. Yeah, so I'm Andy Kirkwood. Dramatic effect. I am Mike Pridgen. And I'm Austin Vogel, who talks over Andy Kirkwood when he introduces himself. <laughs> That's it's <fine>. okay. <laughs> That's I do, fine. too. I talk over him all the time. Yep. <laughs> I was called out no, by no, Ron no, Oster no, of no, Tim and Eric. No, no. Why don't we just all talk at the same time? Okay. It'll be like the most densely packed information you could get into the podcast. We just have three TED Talks going at once. Yeah, yeah. And you just have to focus on one and then listen again and focus on another one. You and I do this podcast and we have our friend Austin we do. here. Austin, Hi. what do you do? Me? I play music and I write music and I go to school for that because who needs money? <laughs> <laughs> he also has albums out right now. I do. I have a bunch of those. Yes, which we will get to talk about later. I was actually on one of them. Yeah, that's true. Um so that was pretty cool. It's it's uh we used it in the at the end of the episode before the last one from here. This will be Oh, was that a the song that's now. our not credits, but like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Now it's different. Now it's um, yeah. it's Austin. So he'll be at the end nice. of each of our episodes. Fuck you, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin McLeod did mm -hmm. the intro, and now Austin. Yeah, did the Austin episode. took one third of the <laughs> the space that Kevin McLeod had. Listen, um, I'm content with it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. Um, do we have a prompt? Yes. Okay, what's yes, the prompt, Yes, we Mike? do. <laughs> Remember when I told you earlier how this goes every week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the, give Andy me the, goes, what's the prompt, Mike? Lay, lay it on me. Lay on me this, this prompt. Um, so eloquently prepared. Uh, Deathmatch. Beatles Ooh. versus Stones. Oh, my God. They're, they're fighting each other. This is not about music. This is not about art. This is about pure, unadulterated... 1960s rage. All right, well, hatred. Okay, I'll moderate because you guys are the ones who know most about these. <laughs> See, you say that. I know of the Beatles. I, I know, know. I know the names of the Beatles. That's it. I, I can name every single member of the Beatles except the one dude who was in it for like a week and then left. Oh, that guy. What's um, Pete Best? The he Rolling was there Stones, for two years and got kicked out. I think out. I've once heard a Rolling Stones song. <laughs> I've chosen a great prompt. <laughs> All right. This is gonna go. No, awesome. I got this. Do you want to look up the members? Are any of the members... Okay, we can figure this out very easily. How many members of the Stones are still alive? Okay, we're going to assume that they're all alive. 
Okay. Because so the stones would have a very large advantage. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go like <laughs> in that case. Right, so we're just gonna secret wars this and pluck everyone out of time. Yes, everyone's being plucked out of time, um, and everybody's alive at okay. this point. Height of their physical fitness. Yes, let's say end of the sixties. End of the sixties. The Beatles were still like dressed up in suits and with the bowl cuts. And... No, that was toward the very beginning. Oh, uh, what they were... And then they shed that. You know, that was the Ed Sullivan look. When did Yoko were... Ono show up? Yoko Ono showed up in like 1967-ish and then broke up the band. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so Yoko... I don't care if she, if she listens. We tend to alienate one of our listeners every week. Can it just I don't be want Yoko her to listen anymore. No. Well, we did that on the old show. A what? Lot. Alienate people. Like well, we've done it on this hate, show, like too. the guy who hated charity, who I ripped on for like five well, weeks. Well, he deserves now. to be singled out. Who hates charity? Right. There was some guy. It was just a Medford asshole. Oh, were, yeah. When we were gearing up yeah. for a charity stream, there's this one guy in the comments who was like, fuck charity. <laughs> what? <laughs> fuck the, fuck, damn those kids. You guys are wasting Nobody's my time. making you donate to charity. It's not yeah. like it's taxes. Yeah, so I returned the favor by ripping on him for about five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, um... Beatles versus Stones. Uh, I'm gonna give you first pick, and I'll just roll with how whatever many, you leave man, me. Man, I gotta find out how many people are in the Stones. Five. Because <laughs> like, I'm gonna say, let's. Because depending on the number, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna add Pete Best and Yoko Ono to the Beatles side. Listen, the Stones are called the Stones because they're gonna sink, baby. Beatles oh, are gonna no. kick their asses, and by the Beatles, I mean Yoko Ono. Because Yoko Ono, this listen. Can, She's can, can you... so in love with John Lennon that John is just going to be like, yo, fuck up their shit. <laughs> and Yoko's going to go over there and she's going to sing and they're Screaming all going to jump on the and yeah, Have you heard her sing? Wink, uh, wink, like sing? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's something. It's that. There's something to be said for like weird, like crazy contemporary music being artful. The, Are you trying to tell me that Yoko Ono was ahead of her time? <laughs> He goes not, to a music school. Not that she was ahead of her time. I She's think... so far ahead that she does not belong here. <laughs> Yoko and she Ono should wait. Is from the future. I think what she was trying to do was just too out. It's just not palatable. Like you can have weird stuff, but it has to like has to do something. Has to do something somebody. for you, and it just doesn't do it for me. I mm. guess. So who are you? Your champ. Your champions are the Beatles. Yeah. This is a big power play because Mike is a big fan of the Beatles. Yeah, that's why I did it. And also I, because I know nothing about the Rolling Stones. And you're forcing Mike. Okay, I can I can help you out, Mike. It's okay. I love the Stones. Okay. I know who the Stones are. You, you don't have to are? tell me. Name three. Name three. Yes. Uh, Mick Mick Jagger. Okay. Mick 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 Jagger's wife. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, like Keith Richards, yeah. Mickey Hart. Um. Who? The other ones. He's the drummer. I, th- I think. I didn't hear yeah. what the third one was. Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart? Is that Mick Taylor's nickname? Mick Taylor. I'm thinking of... Because uh... we got four current members and four past members here. Mm-hmm. That's so a lot of members. Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Charlie Watson, Ronnie Wood are the current Ronnie members. Ronnie Wood. That's... I don't know. Where did I get Hart? Brian Jones, Ian Stewart, Bill Wyman, and Mick Taylor were past members. I'm a... Uh... I don't know who... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who's in the band in the 60s. <laughs> um... Anyway, just get right into it. Yeah. Have you seen Mick Jagger on a stage performing? I hear he has moves. He has moves. He is in his mid-70s right now. Mid mm-hmm. to late 70s. 
and he has not missed a beat in 70 plus years except a couple of his heart when he was he, doing cocaine yeah but he's alive he, he he's alive and if you see him on stage he, he is young and spry and and active <laughs> and efficient i he's, disagree with one of those adjectives i i don't think you could make the argument that he's young he's not young he's but he's young at heart he can bend over without going ah probably I can't even do that we can't yeah do that. that's what i'm you saying can't do that there's all hope. All hope is lost for us. Though. You're the picture of youth in my brain. Oh my god! Because <laughs> you look so. I mean, I'm of, small. On top of being younger than us, you also look. You like have this young look. Yeah, I look kind of like a baby. Are we timing this, by the way? Yes, I have the timer. <laughs> so we're like four minutes in. This is all part of my master well, plan. I, I started the timer late. Keith Richards is he, his. He'll us all. His body is full of opiates. And and drugs, and um, he can't die. He physically cannot die. He might have that Ozzy Osbourne thing where he mm-hmm. his like, like he like Ozzy Osbourne has like a genuine mutation that allows him to metabolize yeah. substances like that. And that's just the way he is. So he's gonna be the tank for this. Obviously, he's <laughs> he's pushing forward. No one you can smash him over the head with a guitar. He's not going down. Here's the thing: Mick Jagger can like swing from shit. You could have the strongest person in the world. You could have, like, the Incredible Hulk or something. But if you have a mass of people, picture like a zombie movie, just, like, swarming around them and clawing at them and tearing them down, Mm -hmm. like zombies on a dragon in Game of Thrones or whatever. No, we saw Infinity War. (laughs) Oh, yeah, classic. Um, My point is, the Beatles have a lot of fangirls. And if we're bringing them back from the dead, we can bring those fangirls back to their youth and they like when john lennon says to yoko you can't draft the fans no i am i'm totally doing it this they is the are, okay, 60s okay. i'm drafting them all right i'm gonna amend this they are commanding armies now <laughs> <laughs> so then the stones and the they're just gonna sit back yeah, yeah and yeah. call the buttons yoko ono is gonna sing and explode their heads mars attack style while <laughs> the fangirls swarm around and just bury and drown them <laughs> I, this this so, was like, not what, like what superpowers do the stones have? Eternal life. Okay. Um, uh, eternal youth. Invulnerability. So you know what? I yeah, they can take on a bunch of bunch of young girls. I'm I I I, I believe in them. But what are they going to do when they get to the commanders of this army? When they get to the commanders, they're all they're not the, even the Beatles are a bunch there. of bitches. They just they are. <laughs> you sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. So like, are they fight? Is it okay? Dude, have you seen them? Did you hear? They're I, I I know for a fact you heard about this because you're such a big Beatles fan. I moves. think it was George Harrison. Someone like broke into his house and tried to murder him or something, and he got like stabbed and was like bleeding. And he was stabbed was, a lot of times. Yeah, he was like he was really fucked. It up. was like twenty and he, times, and he like that's not how he died. <laughs> <laughs> like, so he can take he can take a stabbing. How did George Harrison die? He died of lung cancer okay. in two thousand one. That's a normal person thing. Yeah. yeah, the holes in his lungs might have helped, but <laughs> oh boy, there was like yeah. he couldn't well, just puncture his lungs or already. No, there was cancer on that knife. <laughs> 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 it was a slow burn. Wow, <laughs> played the long game. <laughs> All right, so uh, so George Harrison gets stabbed twenty times, but one bullet takes out Lennon. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> wow. 
Next week on ASVA, Dropping the Andy gets bomb. shot in front of the Dakota. <laughs> we'll see how he fares as Mark David Chapman is released from prison. And Yoko Ono shows up and screams over my corpse. <laughs> It'll make you want to die. Yeah. John was just like, finally. You know, a bullet is one puncture. The knife is like 20 punctures. Yeah. From like a... Gr- I mean, yeah. The bullet hit a pretty sensitive spot, but man, this stabber must have sucked. Now that I'm thinking By sensitive spot, do you was, mean, I mean head? I don't I think was, it was that the stabber sucked. I think it was George Harrison really wanted to not die. Yeah, when was this? How old was he then? It, it was. It was. It was in like the 90s. after the Beatles. Prime, yeah, right? I think it was in the nineties. Okay, so he's in like his... he was in his forties or so. Um, God, they were oh. in their no, they weren't in their forties in the nineties. Yeah, they were. They were twenty five forever. <laughs> No, Mike, Still are. because they had to have been like late teens, early 20s in the 60s. And then there's 30 years between 60s and 90s. George Harrison's stabbing. Say so, we'll say something really important and refer oh, to it. Oh, it was a bunch two years later. before he died. 1999. Okay. So he slowly bled out over the course of two years. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is like. Could you imagine <laughs> he's playing a concert and they're just like blood coming down from his ear? <laughs> Like George, it's it's okay. You don't he have to play IV the rest of the show. The other way, I oh. got this. You know, that's like perfect timing for cancer knife. That's good. <laughs> can, can we sell cancer knife T-shirts or something? No, what, like that's our new metal knife. band. Yeah, cancer knife. Cancer knife. My friends in a band called Mudfuck. <laughs> what kind of music do they make? <laughs> Guess you'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I once. Uh, Mike once, Beatles cover band. <laughs> one time in high school, Mike sent me a text. It's one of my favorite texts he's ever sent me. It's just I don't remember it. Uh, he just sent me a text. Uh, he said, "My new band, uh, Distended Anus and the Rocket Crashers, oh is God. not real." <laughs> but it could be. This was like three in the morning, and I don't remember it on either. It was not. I was on the school bus to go home. It was oh two my in God. the afternoon. Listen, you don't know what part of the world he was in. I, yeah, he, he he was in pencil. He was in Pennsylvania. You don't know that. Were you there? No, you were on the bus. I know what school he went to. <laughs> How much time do we have left in this debate? Uh, oh, we're still debating. <laughs> I told Mike the other day. This happens all the time. My goal on this show was to be the first guest to lose. One minute, go. And he said, "Good luck." So I guess we need closing statements. We haven't um, said anything. We've said a lot of things, just not we, a lot of things that are pertinent else. to what we set out to nothing. About. Okay, so the be- Okay, so the Stones have superpowers, but the Beatles have numbers with their fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got forty seconds on the timer, but the timer doesn't really matter. Just talk. We'll just we gotta. Okay, let's wrap up the debate. You're gonna cut this out, I hope. Let's wrap up the debate. I'm George Harrison completely. is experienced in having someone try to kill him. <laughs> So is John Lennon, a little bit less successful. <laughs> Yoko Ono can scream like the aliens from Mars Attacks, or scream at the aliens from Mars Attacks like that. We You've not song. mentioned Paul or Ringo even once. Are they even in the band? They're still alive. They're still. They're alive. both still alive too. <laughs> well, the some only people one. would argue with you about that. 
How, how do you Is feel about this? Is there a conspiracy the... around the Beatles? Yeah, there's a conspiracy well, there... that Paul McCartney died. Yeah, technically, yeah. In 1966, he was allegedly in a car crash and he didn't survive, but they were too popular for him to die, so they replaced him with another guy. Did his sound change or something? People will, will point out, like, oh, he says something different. No, he's just, like, getting older. He's in his <laughs> 20s. Also living in America for a while. <laughs> like, he was in the band, you know, his first record was, like, when he was 18. Yeah, of course he's going to sound different from 18 to 28. Okay, so your guys have superpowers. Your guys can... Do they? Wait, do you want do you want closing statements? Yeah, you guys do it. I don't know why I'm wrapping it Didn't up. we do that and then we <coughs> got distracted? Beatles strong. Wait, I'm not you're the, on the... You're the strong. <laughs> stone, well, you rolling on. stone strong. All day long. Ooh. Tough like a stone. <laughs> That's my closing argument every time. I've, I don't think I've ever said anything different. Your closing argument was, woo, Beatles! Aside from <laughs> my winner, Strong. Beatles. Austin, Stone Strong. Me, Austin, give me something, please. <laughs> How about that? All, right, All day uh, long. I'm going to say... That, Beatles, was, that was bad. I'm going to say the Beatles win. Yay. Ah! <laughs> what a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to the Beatles. Ah, shucks. I came on trying to lose and I failed. Never happens. I'm just uh. too good at everything that I do, Andy. Yeah, and we suck so bad. Like, uh, wow, that was the worst closing statement I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally advocated for my opposition. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? When you're running for president and you're just like, yeah, honestly, just go for that other guy. <laughs> yeah. Other guy 2020. Wait, hold up. No. And now we take a trip to the ad vault to visit those who wanted to sponsor us but gave us a bad check. Hey Andy, I need some excitement in my life. Well, have you got a product for me? No, 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 not like that. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I think we screwed that up. You presented the problem and then wanted me to give you your solution? <laughs> Now introducing asking your friends for ideas when you have none of your own. <laughs> you can sign up for this program if there's another very low quality YouTube video that will teach you how to do this. This one's in a like, I didn't even know anything could go below 122p. <laughs> what was it? 120p? <laughs> like, this is like 70p. <laughs> it's just pixels dancing around on the screen with some nasty demon going. <laughs> Very scary. I don't recommend it if your children are in the room. So, what was the product to spicing up your life? Uh, that, what, that this this is it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ask a friend about ask a friend. Oh boy. So our show we do the the debate thing and then we mm -hmm. get down to actually like talking about uh, creative stuff. So nice. I, I do creative stuff. I don't know, man. Fuck, I don't know how to. I don't know how to springboard into this. Hey, Austin. Thank you. Hey, Mike. On this show, we like to play a little game with our guests, and then we uh, we we use that to kind of break past the small talk. You know, oh. I don't want to do small talk. We don't have yeah, time okay. for small talk. I'm gonna get closer to the microphone. This this will get oh, released. You know, many weeks in the future, so the weather will not be relevant then. But what Can't will be relevant? It is nice though. 
it, it is pretty nice as of right now. Do you want to talk about the weather instead no. of art? <laughs> Not even a little pretty bit. Pretty fucking sunny outside. Look at that. Can we do a weather podcast? A pre-recorded weather podcast. A weather podcast. Hey, let's talk about the weather three days ago. A Dude, once a month, like NPR, all things demand. considered style thing. Just, hello and welcome back. <laughs> the weather outside is a balmy 45,000 degrees out today. Scattered tornadoes possible with a light dusting of fire. As we head into the nighttime, <laughs> werewolves will steal our children. This podcast coming to you from Venus, apparently. <laughs> this has been. What were we, are we going to talk about? Uh, weather considered. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, we're like Austin. creative endeavors. You guys are comedians. I don't do that shit. Uh, I'm not. A, I don't know if I call myself a comedian. I say funny things into a microphone once a week. Yeah, I mean, kind of counts, I guess. Right? I'm I think a, it does. I'm more of a. I think I. I, I I think of myself more as a writer, except I don't write a whole lot, but I want to, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's daunting. It is daunting. Here's the trick. Write things that are bad. Mm. Because if you try to write something that's good, and you don't write that much, it's going to be bad. So if you go into it not worried about how amazing it'll be when you're done, just to do something and like get the experience of the mechanics of what it takes to write something, mm. you can do that. So like, well, like I mean, I have been writing for a long time. I've been writing uh, fiction in one way or another since I was like eleven or twelve, but it's always been like for school or for myself or for like something online or like role playing boards and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've and now that I'm getting down to something that I want to publish, it's like, well, all that other stuff is like. If I make a mistake or don't characterize someone right, everyone else is like, oh, we're all amateurs. Mickey Hart's the drummer from the Grateful Dead. Sorry, I just had to say that. (laughs) That's that's, that's... 20 minutes. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Anyway, go back to what you were saying. No, please. What you're saying is a lot more. Just just go go back. It was bothering me. I had to say it. No, but I, I feel that when you produce something in a professional setting, it's more highly scrutinized. Yeah. Plus, I. Like, you know, when you're like in English class and you're like 12 and you're writing papers and stuff and the teacher's like, okay, class, you're going to start working on your rough draft and then we're going to, I'm going to grade your rough draft and then tell you how to fix it, make it up your final draft. And then I was, I was always like, my, my thought always was sitting there hearing about rough drafts. My thought was always, why wouldn't I just write it right the first time? I had that every time. (laughs) I never did rough drafts of like an essay or anything. Anything I had to turn in to a teacher, I, you know this. Yeah. I didn't put any effort into whatsoever. And they're like, you're going to need a draft first. I'm like, you're going to need to pay me then. Yeah. So I will give you the minimum. When I was first exposed to the idea of a rough draft, I, tried to argue about it. It's like saying, I'm just going to write it right the first time. And the teacher was like, no, you're not going to make mistakes. And then I was like, all right, fuck you. So <laughs> I would just write it right the first time, submit it, get like one or two corrections on it, correct it, and then submit it again for a final. And that worked for like That's the way it was for years. me. I, yeah, they would just be, oh yeah, good job. And I'm like, oh, this is the first draft, so you can eat my butt. Yeah. Like, it's, y- you failed. I feel that... It's a kind of a failing of our education system. And it's, like, not a tough issue to fix. But, like, students who are good at writing and stuff, like you, who will write a first draft that'll be almost as good as a final draft, they're not pushed hard enough. Like, that first draft that they made two corrections on and then it was fine and you submitted it and probably got an A+, I bet 
that paper could have been like twice as good as it was if like instead of just fixing like grammatical errors and stuff like structural and like thought flow type mm-hmm. type of things there's always better stuff you can do um and i think teachers and a lot of times like teachers go too hard on students so it's a balance to be found but i think teachers can go harder on students in a lot of cases and they're mm-hmm. afraid to i see that a lot in um i go to berkeley college of music which is like a jazz school mostly and it's a really encouraging environment of all the like jazz-based schools were the most contemporary i would say with like weird other genres and you can do crazy electronic stuff and all this all this wild stuff but as a result of that students will make projects that are kind of like just okay that are experimental in some way and the professor will be like oh yeah that's really cool i like how you experimented in this way a it's like now, you... sure it was experimental and cool but like yeah does your film score really help this scene i do you feel I like know. people just kind of slap the word experimental on things not not to discount every experimental thing ever but you know like you, you want to tell the watch story because i feel like that's a good example of what <laughs> i'm going know. for here yeah I, I told this before you got here andy um <laughs> i was doing this project in a class it was electroacoustic composition which is where we would listen to weird electronic composers like Music Concrete and like John Cage and shit like that. And we'd listen to a bunch of it and study it, and then we'd reproduce pieces of music based in those styles. And I was recording samples for that class uh, in my apartment bedroom, and I was wearing a watch on the same hand that I was holding a microphone with when I was recording some samples, and I noticed that like it very obviously picked up the ticking of my watch. <laughs> so... uh and this is after I had done like a lot of work on it. I didn't feel like re-recording those samples. So in the readme file of the submission, I was just like, yeah, it's a piece based around time. So I added a, <laughs> there's a slight ticking sound that could be heard in the background. It's meant to exemplify. <laughs> um, so yeah, like people, it's tough because artists, when I think of experimental music that isn't bullshit, that's actually like cool. I think of like, like neutral milk hotel kind of lo-fi style like those albums sound like garbage like the guitar sound is gritty and fuzzy and weird and bad and if you showed that to like a music engineering student at my school they'd be like what the fuck are you doing man but it's beautiful it's really well done and it conveys the sort of like chaotic alienation of that album the one i'm, I'm thinking of uh of on Avery Island specifically. Yeah. The, but um a lot of times I think people just don't know what they're doing or they're not quite good at it yet mm-hmm. and they call it experimental or lo-fi because they just can't do any better. Yeah. And that's fine, I guess, but I feel like it, yeah, you're 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 kind of just throwing in the towel before um, yeah, like doing anything with it. You're like, "Well, I made this thing. I put enough effort into it. I'm not going to push it any further and I'm just going to make excuses for it yeah and people like people in my realm uh i'm a music producer so i do like synthesizers and ableton Mm. and sound design and pro tools and all that which there's a lot that goes into it and i used to not say that because i I am a musician of the uh the physical realm um so you know i would see people doing music on computers and i was just like you know the mayor from footloose like this is nothing i'm banning this you just push a button and it makes music from my town and then you know cue a scene of you playing with a synthesizer in a warehouse out of town (laughs) (laughs) dancing 
But it, yeah. Yeah, uh, but people people like to buy. Andy got it. They'll like. That's a way to catch that footless roof. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing's illegal in Boston. But there's it's it's um, a whole different thing. It's it's it is a and yeah, and especially with lo-fi, which it took me a while to I don't know if I get it necessarily, but when I hear a lo-fi piece, which basically for anyone who doesn't know, it's just like it's not as overly produced necessarily. Yeah. Lo-fi the, is low fidelity. Yeah. Fidelity being like precision of the mm. sound. So like But it, it's nice. It's Lo-fi is like a comforting thing because it's not it aggressive. It can, it can lay in the background and you can experience it without having to focus on it. Yeah. Chill tunes to study to. Chill tunes to study. <laughs> yeah, the, the the meme is like you know you just put it on and it just exists and you're and just creates atmosphere and I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and lo-fi like production style even in other sort of genres like in the the indie rock realm bands like like the unicorns or like car seat headrest or something they record in these not so stellar environments and it feels more visceral like it feels like there's a dude in a room who's singing and yelling at you about how much his life sucks and you're like damn man i feel you because it's like it's not in a studio anymore and i think there's a disconnect between recording in a studio and then recording in like a real functional space because in a studio, that's like it is meant to capture the sound and nothing else. You're not capturing. There's generally not a feel coming from there. Yeah, you're receiving the product, which there's nothing wrong with. But I think that's why, anytime you hear like a song you really like, but it's the band playing it live, it's so much better. Yeah, it's or, not produced. It's just here we are in the moment. Literally. Yeah, it's even if it's not necessarily better, it's different. Like it's every different, yeah. every performance of the song mm. has. It. A certain feel to it yeah um and it's never the same mm-hmm. which is really cool do you think we sound like we're at your kitchen table is that the feel i think that's why people tune in every week that's the only reason they want to feel like they're eating in. yeah they're like well you know this table that has been in mike's family for like 30 years you know i'm really getting some good vibes out of it it's a good thing i had that i hate that show i'm gonna drink some water really close to the microphone This is an ASMR podcast now. <laughs> when trying to convince Andy to actually swallow the water instead of gargle and spit it out, he saw Rocky once. I really wish you wouldn't spit it <laughs> and into won't. my mouth. I'm sorry. If you could get like a cup or something for that next time. <laughs> You're so young; it, it triggers my my maternal instinct. <laughs> yeah, you want a mama bird, like a baby bird. Yeah. He saw Creed once, and now he can't. He won't swallow water anymore because he's afraid that he's going to get punched. Just a, you know, uh, I've a, never seen Creed or Creed Two. I'm just a very big fan of Kevin Bentham. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Oh yeah, uh, you had posted a th- you sent me a message that said get Kevin back on the podcast. Yeah, he, uh, he was yeah. really good. I I loved hearing him talk about acting because I don't act or know anything about it. But it's cool that it's like artistically mm-hmm. as deep as I perceive music to be. Well, that, that's kind of why I get people on here. Like that, you know. I tried it. I was originally just going to do comedians, but I thought, man, no, I, I yeah. can't just do comedians. So I've <laughs> you'll run out of get... comedians. <laughs> I won't though. That's the. I mean, eventually, you know, you'll I, run out of yeah, good ones. Yeah, I, I will run out of comedians, <clears throat> but it. I'm gonna also run out of important and interesting things to say very quickly. Yeah, which I think I already have. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, I I have that problem. I have. Like, I I just can't walk up to someone and start talking to them. Like I suck at small mm-hmm. talk. If I didn't know both of you. I would have fucking panic attack right now. Mm-hmm. And that, that's another thing with performing is 
Because you know that I suffer with that immensely, and yet I'm drawn to the stage. Dude. Like, I need it. It's really weird, especially when you're, like, playing gigs and stuff. Before you play a show, or at least for me, the there's always pre-show anxiety. Even if you know the music inside and out, you've been playing it for 10 years, you could do it in your fucking sleep. There's always anxiety mm-hmm. before a show, and I think there should be. And on top of that, the anxiety of, like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, I don't know this music that well, or whatever. Yeah. And then after the show more serotonin than you've ever had in your life it's yeah. or at least for me again do you notice that getting up to the stage is much harder than doing the show yes okay the f- like the first couple notes of the first song mm-hmm. are terrifying and then you're fine and then you start playing and it's like oh yeah i know this yeah i got to speak about this with a a friend and comedy hero rick overton on episode two and I asked him the question, do you fear the lack of fear? Which, you know, I always had a fire in my belly going up. And I, you know, as I did fear that dread of, oh, God, you know, I, I need to know everything I'm going to say before I get up there. And then I'd grab onto the microphone and, yeah, like that fire would still be there, but I would be fine. And I just mm-hmm. thought, would I be any less sharp if I lost that pre-show anxiety, if I got there and I was just like, you know, all business on a Bluetooth until the second I get up, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, hold on, I gotta go, I gotta do an hour, and then I go up and like, you know, would I would I care anymore? Yeah, and it's... I worried about does that go anywhere? Mm. And he said that it it doesn't, but it's also not at the top of your mind anymore because he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, he just he just said. Yeah, it's obviously it will always be there, but you know, you learn to live with it and you learn to exist alongside it rather than in spite of it. No, and do I fear the lack of fear that I'm losing my adrenal boost that made me a winning kid on stage? That I think gets replaced no matter what you do. I don't think you get to have that anymore. That initial rush, man, it just goes away. It goes. You can't have your first time with sex or drugs or anything else anymore. You don't get that part, you lose that part. And lucky for me, sex and stand-up happen at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and who are you now? You, you can't be your original self. It doesn't look right. You got to be who you are now. It makes you look at, makes you look at it, makes you befriend it. That's true. It's very true. And take and have a grace with the change of energy, because the original energy does, shouldn't. It's not graceful on an older person. No, it has to evolve. I guess that's yeah. just the seedling of it. But it can't be a seed forever. It has to grow. It has to. I think it's slightly different with music, maybe, because in comedy, you are on stage to make the people in that room happy. So, you can always be afraid that they're not gonna like what you're gonna do, mm-hmm. or you've grown out of touch and like this isn't funny anymore, or or something like that. But with music, at least from an artist's perspective. I think you should make music for you. You should make music that you think is artistically cool, uh, that means something, and it doesn't matter if people like it, because it's not about pleasing them. It's about pleasing yourself. And I think, um, yeah, baby, yeah, comedy is very baby. similar to that. We actually spoke about this either last week or I think it was when we recorded the other night. Yeah, it might have been one on one. Yeah, comedy. I, I think with any form of art, you cannot please everybody. Definitely not. And so, 
I I think the best way to come out with something that is genuine and good, something that people can really connect to, is amusing yourself first. Definitely. And then your audience will follow. Not everybody will follow. Your yeah. audience mm-hmm. will follow. And, you know, if you are having a good time, people are drawn to that. We're we're social animals and, you know, on a large scale, if someone sees you having a good time, they they like you. So, oh, okay, well, you know, this guy's having some fun. Yeah, definitely. Let's, let's even if in. even if they're not having fun, if what they're doing is real and visceral, people will be attracted yeah. to it. Like yeah. um I think that's obvious for music and people playing like angry or sad songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just picturing like George Carlin standing on stage like screaming at America, <laughs> like, What the fuck are you doing, dude? And people yeah. are like, Oh my god, yeah. Like a lot of his stand ups, he seems like pissed off. And like Especially towards like, the end. It's like the jokes are secondary to him making a point. But his he's making special. a point that he believes in with his whole being. Yeah. And because of that, even if people in the audience don't agree with them, which mm-hmm. I guess most of them do because they're there, they respect it. And it's it draws you to him. His last his his last uh special, just a, I think it was a year before he died, it was it that it really was that. It the comedy was second. It was hysterical. Because he was just ranting, but he was just ranting. Oh yeah, the the classic ponytail hunched over George Carlin, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just talking like this the whole time. Uh, are you familiar with Reggie Watts? Yeah, I. Yeah. All right, this love is a Reggie. guy that I I don't quite get. And if you could explain <laughs> what you get out of this, I don't know who Reggie Watts is. Reggie Watts is a comedian slash musician. I say slash because he's not one or the other it's kind of both um like comedy music like how like, it's on a scale of one to bo burnham see it's not Very even on different. a it's not even on a scale of <laughs> bo burnham because bo burnham tells jokes and sings songs that are funny but reggie watts stands on stage with a microphone and some audio equipment and makes sounds that take you to a different place mm. it's so surreal like sometimes he'll just start talking in a different accent or language. Sometimes his monologue will just turn into a song. And yeah, then like, it's like, I oh, think... we're listening to a song now. Hmm. And yeah. it's wild. And the reason I bring him up is because on, uh, I want to say it's on his record, Why Shit So Crazy. He has a bit where he tells a story of a story that George Carlin told to him. And he's, his delivery is like, you know, you know, George Carlin, like, a couple months before he died, you know, I got to meet him and he said this to me. I'll never forget it. He said, and then Reggie just like makes noise, <laughs> like unintelligible, like cat screeching, yeah. horrible, like demon sounds. And he does that for like two minutes. <laughs> and he's like, man, I'll never forget that. Because <laughs> I've seen his music, which, yeah, it, it's it's cool sounding. I'm not saying I don't like him necessarily. I, I guess I just don't like get it it's definitely weird he does a lot of um he's uh i think he has jazz training if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. and he does a lot of like vocal looping acapella kind of things he beatboxes really well um and sometimes he plays like e-piano and Mm -hmm. and all that yeah like he's very talented for what he he does because if you put just an average person in with a loop pedal they're not gonna be able to use it's just it's gonna become feedback very quickly (laughs) i i certainly couldn't you know, but it, he knows what to. He knows how to work it. It's an yeah, instrument. Yeah, he constructs 
like whole arrangements of songs mm-hmm. with just the looper pedal. It's amazing. He'll like, you know, start with a, a beatboxed rhythm, and then immediately on the next loop, he doesn't even let it run that long. He like throws in a bass line and then sings a melody, and he like triggers all these section changes by like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how his looper thing works, but it's he has whole structured songs that if you listen to them without looking at him, you'd think that it were produced in Pro Tools or something. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's just. Him but you watch him; he gets he gets on the stage live and and does it that way. He just creates it. He just improvises yeah. whole ass songs. It's wild. Do you think he just he doesn't really know what he's gonna do? You think he like feels it out? Like not there, every time, but like yeah. sometimes. I think a lot of the time he's fully improvising because there's a couple things that make me think that he has a few songs that are the same every time. Uh, Fuck shit stack is a classic. Yeah. Uh, if you've been on the internet, you've probably heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, having sex is another one. If you mm-hmm. fucking then you probably fuck him. If you fuck him, then you probably have in sex. It's great. Um, it, 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 it's a little more complicated than just that. Like, that sounds very crude. Oh, yeah. But it's, yeah, it, the song is 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 a lot more involved. Than yes, and, and Fuck Shit Stack is a, a comedic gold commentary on the rap industry and mm-hmm. the personas that uh, rap people take on. But, um, yeah, he's, he's just... Do you take any influence from there at all? I I like his grooves and I like uh he has uh, some slick like licks and and jazzy runs that Cuz I know where your like. influence comes from and I remember very distinctly I forget which track it was. It may have been the opening track of Stin and Space which is your album now available on Bandcamp and Spotify. Um, and Spotify. And is it on Spotify? Yeah, it is on Spotify. I guess and there's Apple no samples in that one. And, that you, and all that stuff. Because you do sample stuff as well. And yeah. I know those ones can't I have make it. Stin in Space is like my indie rock kind of psychedelic mm-hmm. album of like songs that I wrote and sang on. And Stin's Beats is like copyright infringement central where I <laughs> sample stuff and make loops and they're very short songs. It's lo-fi. The production yeah. is kind of all over the place. But it's cool stuff. It's not like, you know, it's not garbage or anything. It's it's, it's cool yeah, stuff. You just like legally can't do it. Yeah, I would get sued by like 20 <laughs> different bands if I tried to put that on Spotify. Yeah. Um, yeah, because in that first track, it's... um. Because you are a, a, a big fan of Pink Floyd. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> oh, you're getting called out right now. And Daft Punk. <laughs> and it's like, that's the collaboration that never happened between them. You know, when I was in uh, the first track that I made from Stinton Space was Mayflowers. And I made it for one of my mixing classes at Berkeley. And when I played it in class, one of my friends said it sounds like a mashup between, what did he say? Daft Punk, <laughs> Mac DeMarco, and Kamasi Washington. I was like, I don't know where the hell you got Kamasi Washington, <laughs> but I will take it, man. <laughs> I guess because there's a seventh chord or something, it's jazzy enough to be Kamasi Washington. Mm. Yeah, do you ever catch but, yourself like just writing something in the voice of somebody that you really admire? Yes, and I don't notice until I finish the song, usually. Mm-hmm. I've written so many Carlin bits that it's, but uh, like it's nothing that he's ever said or written. But I, I read it and I'm like, oh, this just came from Carlin in my head. Like whatever spot of my brain holds that information, that's where it came from. Nice. Uh, yeah, the vocal melody for one of the Stin and Space songs, I forget which one. 
the first time around that I produced the song, it was ripped straight from a car seat headrest song. It was literally the exact same melody. Yeah. And I kept like singing vocal takes and I'd be like, this sounds familiar. What is this? I, I guess this isn't anything. I guess I wrote this. I'll keep doing it. <laughs> and then I... And then you uh, figure it out. And I was like, oh yeah, I listened to that mm-hmm. album yesterday. God damn. Yeah, but a lot of times I'll, I'll write a song and then listen back to it and realize that I've just written something very evocative of an album I listened to the previous week or something. Now, have you ever written something... And I don't know if this would happen so much in music, but have you ever written something and then heard it somewhere a few years later? Oh my god, yeah. I've been like, like it's something that just came out, so you oh, know it could not I have see. been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, that's that's bad. I when... wrote the Stranger Things intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't, but I wrote a song that's mm-hmm. the, literally the exact same arpeggio. Do 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 do. I can't yeah. sing it all. I think we've all had experiences like that. Like yeah. Coming up, like I've come up, well, I can't tell you how many times over my life I've come up with an idea, never told anyone, maybe told one person, and then a few years later I see it like on TV mm-hmm. or in a movie. Or I'm you'll like, run something by me and then I'll call you. I'll be like, oh, that's already out. Or you'll yeah. do the same thing to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 We've I guess done. it just goes to show how similar people are you know sometimes we come up with the same idea yeah that's happened too we're also just we're on this that same wavelength yeah for the most part yeah and when... our cycles have synced up for a long time <laughs> and then i come at you with sandwiches and i'm like <laughs> hey what, what if we do a game about world war ii where we replace rappers <laughs> i don't with... think anyone's come up with that one before Mike. <laughs> and that's why it's good that's a season two game a season two we're not that's not a real thing we're not gonna have real people waste their time coming out here and be like so in think 1953 think about, think about that game it's very it's, it's very funny when you say the mm-hmm. name but then it's also super obvious yeah like, who the guy is because like, that, that's yes, the, the wheelchair it's, bound yeah. u.s president kendrick lamar <laughs> <laughs> Serving from 1932 to 1945, <laughs> leader of the leader of the Nazi Party, Coolio. <laughs> but it, like it, that game is not a game. It is the whole thing from beginning to end is a bit. Yeah. It's just to say something With, funny. Yeah, it's it's just to, to say something. It, the joke. There's no punchline. The punchline is me starting on another rapper <laughs> after the first one. And how very painfully out and like the Fuhrer bunker, <laughs> Kanye West, and his side bitch Eva Braun. <laughs> like, yeah, we know who it is. Speaking of knowing who it is, I want my audience to know who Austin Vogel is. And um I, where where can people find you? Where can people find me? Where can where can our audience find you? Uh Go on your your old Spotify or iTunes or whatever and look up Stin in Space. My name's Austin. Just get rid of the AU. Stin in Space. That's my album. Uh, if you try to search my artist name, Stin, it'll bring up Sting, which is uh, <laughs> oh, not no. me. But... You're going to have to overtake Sting now. Yeah. yeah let's, get you, let's get your searchability up there by... Uh... Yeah. Spread to the Let's point go to his house and beat him up. Yeah, when we'll when stab he... him a bunch of times. Like, uh, what's his <laughs> this is your Richard official call out sting. You either come on the show or we're gonna we're gonna create something that will destroy your career. This is a real, actual threat. A hundred percent legitimate. Remember George Harrison? Sue us. That was Austin. Nineteen ninety. You were born in what ninety eight? <laughs> Seven. Yeah. <laughs> Two, year Two old years Austin. old. Yeah. Pobbling up with a. 
knife just stabbing George Harrison. <laughs> you're the dark horse of the Beatles. That now expl- you're the dead horse of the Beatles. Oh my gosh. That explains how he survived 20 stab wounds. <laughs> yeah, it was from a, a two-year-old. I wasn't that strong then. <laughs> yeah, there but listen, Sting, I've grown a lot. Hearing Sting now that you know I, I hear your name more is really it, it, gross. I don't like it. <laughs> Sting, ew. Yeah, there's like a weird... There's just more. That, that's not how that word ends. There. Yeah. Yeah, what's so, that G doing there? We can find you on, on Bandcamp. We can find you on Spotify. Um, You're on SoundCloud too, right? Are you on SoundCloud? He's got I a am. side career as a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do like... You're selling, you're selling your mixtape on the streets? <laughs> you can actually... I'm literally selling a mixtape on Bandcamp. That's true. That's true. Like actual... Like an like, actual cassette tape. Real, real tape. When, when um, you have them in production, I want them. Dude, you can have one. I mean, not right now. I have to go back to Boston because I like record them myself. Are you on also my tape machine? But... Are you also selling cassette players? <laughs> no, because no one has those anymore. Yeah, that's why I don't sell any cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, uh, I actually am on SoundCloud. Uh, my Stin name music is like indie rock, kind of like guitars with phasers, psychedelic vocals run through an amp, kind of thing. But uh, I make music under the name Shin Kono, which is more like bleepy bloopy Game Boy EDM. Which is cool stuff too. Yeah, it's fun. Um, that used to be like my main thing, but I've uh, I've been getting more into real music, man. <laughs> it's not real if it doesn't have a guitar in it. It's not a phase, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but you it's can find of... him in all these places. He's got music coming up right now, actually. Uh, our theme music is by Kevin McLeod, but our end music is now by Austin Vogel. Oh my! And you can find us at ASVA Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at the All Serious Very Adult Podcast to keep up to date on when we will be launching new episodes and new things. So, uh, anybody got anything closing statements? Yeah, wh- why are you doing this now? You usually do this after we record. I'm trying a new thing. Okay, I'm never here when you do this part. <laughs> well, yeah, that, this part gets done after I edit the episode, but I, I'm going to try it during the episode. See what happens. Austin, do you have any social media that people can follow you on? That um, you want people to follow you on? It's got a chatterbait.com. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, pornhub.com slash stin. <laughs> yeah. That's pornhub.com slash S-T-I-N. No, just uh, look me up on, on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. Listen to my tunes if you like them. That's cool. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email on Bandcamp, I'm very lonely. So <laughs> I could use anyone to talk to, anyone at all. It's been weeks since I've seen another person. Um, so we plucked you out of isolation. Yes. It's a miracle I can still talk. <laughs> <laughs> He's become feral. We had to spend three hours before the show priming him to get back to life. Give him a haircut and everything. He's I am wearing a straight jacket at this moment. Yeah, he is. He, you look good. Where are you those look good ke- in it, Where are those keys for the straight jacket? They have keys, right? It's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. It's fine. it's fine. Everything. Listen, it's totally un- okay. Maybe, maybe don't get find the bolt cutters. We're gonna leave him in the in the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Where, is the paddy wagon almost here? Paddy wagon. What are you forty? <laughs> <laughs> It's an Uber now. It's just an Uber with a caged back. We take Lyft, Grandpa. (laughs) 